While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Classroom Brew. This is the podcast where, well, as the intro song states, we're just teachers sitting down, having a couple of drinks, and, and talking about stuff that's going on. Uh, my name is Ryan, I'm a teacher, coach, instructional coach, uh, run this podcast, of course. want to give a big shout out, by the way, to our Patreon members. Uh, these are people who are teachers or not, they are supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash classroombrew. And they get some access to bonus content and podcast merch and stuff like that that we send to them. Uh, our Patreon members are Lish, James, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. Uh, so big shout out to you guys. If you want to be on the show or reach out to send us something like a thought, an idea, whatever it may be, just send that email to classroombrew at gmail.com or you can reach out in the DMs for the Instagram, the Facebook. I don't know if TikTok, does TikTok do DMs? Probably. I don't know whatever it is. Um, one thing that I want to start off with, like right off of the bat, uh, two episodes ago, so the previous episode we had Peter on, but two episodes ago, we actually got a clarifying question from a listener. Um, the topic of, it was a Reddit post from a teacher saying that they're not going to sacrifice their life to take a bullet if there is a school shooter. They're not going to be cowardly, but they're not exactly going to sacrifice themselves and they received some shame for that. And so we did a comment here on people who were shaming that teacher. Um, anyway, so to, to clarify, someone wrote into a, our show uh, just asking for clarification on like, if a shooter does enter the room, God forbid. Um, obviously in that situation, to clarify for myself, and I think to clarify for the person who originally posted on Reddit, we're going to do what we have to do. Like we're going to make sure the door is locked. We're going to, do the, what we have to do in terms of the usual requirements for the drill. Uh, we are not expected to confront any violent persons in there, of course. Um, and so I had a, had a nice conversation with this person, uh, kind of going over, like that's just to, to clarify, really. But the, the conversation kind of circulated around the idea of what can we do as teachers? And the options are honestly pretty limited. Like I think about my own classroom, for example, um, the, the standard is you turn the lights off and the door is locked and you hide the kids in a corner and they have to be dead silent. And depending on the mood of your students and the group you have with personalities clashing, hopefully they are quiet. But uh, we even have, for some of us who have doors that had to be replaced <laughs> a few years ago because they got damaged by students. Uh, the new doors are like this metal material that's like, I guess, better for fires. And I don't know if they help with, you know, if they're bulletproof or anything like that. But there's a, there's a keyhole on the inside of the door. It's like green or whatever. And it's supposed to be like an emergency bug out key. So if I want to lock my door, and granted, we just keep them locked just for the sake of um, cutting down on kids just storming in 
late or kids storming in who shouldn't be there. Uh, that way they knock and then we let them in. But theoretically, if my door was unlocked, which it usually is in the morning uh, for morning classes, uh, I'd have to go out in the, into the hall and real quick like wrap my arm around and lock it and then close it um, while also simultaneously getting kids into a safe position. Uh, allegedly, there is a bug out key that we're supposed to receive, and I have never received that. And I've had my new classroom door for about five, six years. So it's not that the it's it's not like it's so old that the key doesn't exist or somebody lost it. Like they have the key, but they're not giving it to me, despite many requests. Um, in that conversation, though, for for the person who wrote in, uh, making some great points too. Like this is not to say like we're not going to do our our jobs. Um, but we do have things that, you know, we could live for. But essentially, there is this uh, Alabama school that earlier this year in like March, they unveiled this like instant safe room. And there's different versions of like shelters and classrooms for like areas with, you know, persistent uh, earthquakes and stuff like that. Or in this case, they've made a safe room for the sake of school shooter situations. Um, and so officially, this is from. Uh, a news outlet. Oh, I lost the thing. Well, it's from a news outlet. Um, but the, I guess, emergency, like quick assembling panic room, it basically sits flat against, sits flat, lays flat against a corner, two walls in the corner of your classroom. And it's meant to fold out in less than 10 seconds. Um, and it basically acts as a shield for weather. And then, of course, um, if there's someone violent in the building. So it says that the uh, panic, it's basically a panic room, I'm just going to call it that, was created by KT Security Solutions. It's a company that has worked on ballistic shelters for the military. Um, and they've kind of shifted, especially after you know the recent events that happen every single day, it seems like, in American schools. And so it's basically this, when it's flat against the wall or whatever, there's like a track system that it's affixed to. And the idea is that it's not going to get in the way of the classroom. And the outside is actually kind of like a, a big dry erase board. So that way it's not just this big thing staring you down all the time and it's not as evident. Um, but yeah, this, this rapid, look it up, rapid deploy safe room system. Um, it went viral on Twitter. That's how I knew about it. Um, I mean, it seems very practical. I don't know how much it, <laughs> how much it costs. But uh, it's kind of sad this is the situation that we are in. I'm not sure if you're allowed to use this for other stuff too. I almost think of it as it could be a good like chill out space for certain, you know, LRE classrooms or, or uh, even, even uh, like cluster programs, something like that. This is a quick little, you know, if you want to use it for something else, I guess. Um, but yeah, the emergency like room idea is one thing. I, I want to see how much it costs. I'm going to look it up real quick. KT Solutions uh, Safe Room. Because I'm guaranteeing they're never going to, like, if you're in a school with more than, you know, 40 classrooms, which is uh, every school, mostly, uh, that's going to be pretty costly, I'd imagine. Uh, but finding the cost itself, oh, the <laughs> company says it can be unfolded in 10 seconds or less. There it is. This is the same one. A bulletproof safe room and the teacher locks the door on the inside. However, each unit costs $60,000, which is like, I believe, a starting salary 
for a teacher with a bachelor's degree and no experience in my district. So do you want a teacher or do you want this safe room? And apparently we're in a situation where we have to choose. It's like a, like a bulk discount or something like that. Uh, or put it, or, you know, we could equitably put it where there seems to be the highest risk, you know? Uh, I'm sure that for my district, they would just put it into the schools they care about, which is the schools that already get all the money in the world. So this is no surprise to me. Um, but that's honestly, in terms of stuff that I Googled, there's really not much out there. The FBI has um, this uh, training video saying the first thing you should do is run. Next thing is to hide. And then if all else fails, then fight. Um, I've heard things like people having a chair that's next to the door where they can kind of put it into the, the, the door handle of your classroom so that if someone tries to pull it out, the chair is metal. So it's kind of like a doorstop using the wall with the doorknob to hook it around. If you have doorknobs, sorry, you got to have door handles for this one. If you have a door that for some reason you push in to get into the classroom, sorry, that's also not going to work for you. Or if you have a room like me where the, there's a wall that kind of protrudes out you just logistically can't get like there's like a a six inch gap between like where the wall is and where the door um, actually opens and closes uh, for the handle. So point being, there is no like, you know, clear cut way to do it. Um, they're not even consistently because I feel like most everyone, everyone's reactionary, right? Like I don't have the emergency bug out key to be able to lock my door from the inside something's going to wind up happening and then maybe I will get it in six plus months. Um, there's a big issue with school safety. So now they've designed these safe rooms for schools that are super expensive. And I'm sure some districts are pulling the, Oh, that was it. I did not mean for that for to be the, I was, I almost said that phrase for like doing it. Uh, school districts are making the decision to go ahead and purchase those. Uh, I swear to God, that was an unintentional uh, use of that phrase. Uh, but some districts are paying for this, and $60,000 is absolutely insane. So I, I don't know. Uh, long story short, whatever you know, you've been told to do for drills is all you really like, have at your disposal. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of articles saying that you know, it's up to the teacher to just foster the best, the best student-teacher environment so that things like this don't happen as a way of like, kind of blaming us for things. Uh, kind of like Abigail's Werner, how they're trying to blame her. Um, and again, if you, you're following along, right now there's potentially a countersuit. Or maybe at this point there is a, ca- uh, a countersuit. Um, because she's suing the, the district or the admin for not doing enough. And I would honestly just say they didn't do shit um, to help her. Uh, yeah, no updates in recent news as I check. Um, oh, no, I lied. As of a day ago, this is from. But see, I don't know the source, long crime. Mom turns herself in to face charges after a six-year-old with acute disability shoots first grade teacher. I find that hard to believe. I'm not going to, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but I mean, big shout out to Ab- uh, Abigail Warner. We're, we're talking about her a lot. Uh, whatever she's suing for, like 40 million, 50 million, 60 million, all of it. Deserves all of it. Um, should never have to work a day in her life and, you know, we want her to recover. Um, and if there's any sort of countersuit to save face or to save money, that's absolutely abysmal by a school district and they should be ashamed, um, just straight up. Anyway, on to, on to uh, lighter stuff. Speaking of funding, I guess. 
there was a Reddit post uh, with like the, you know, you do the, the capital letters and lowercase letters to be like, this is the like that's the voice you're saying. Uh, so in this case, it was this week in underfunded education. And it's posts about stupid, useless shit that people are, their districts are paying for. So for example, this person reposters anonymous. Uh, there's a two-year-old football field that is being replaced this summer, but there's not enough money for curriculum supplies. Okay. Uh, A.M. Scray Lane also uh, posted that they just got a $12 million competition gym, which is supposed to bring in money, but they still ask students to, or they still ask teachers, rather, to donate to the sports uh, fundraiser they do every single year, in addition to obviously paying taxes and things like that for if it's a public school, I assume. Um, yeah. Uh, the gym was built, the superintendent left, and then taxes went up. And no one has used the gym, apparently, so the money isn't even being spent. Uh, Moscow Mule 21, right? Very fitting for this podcast. Um, when a school fi- or, uh, flies in private company consults to, uh, uh, for PD days, rather, from across the country, and the trainings are pretty useless and could have been conducted by anyone local or even just somebody that's at the school. Absolutely. There was this one, it was like HLLO, I'm making up fake letters where they, the, their big pitch was, let students do an emoji summary. <laughs> Just the worst PDs. That, like, I took so many breaks. Um, in the first few, they didn't even allow breaks. They were like, please wait until, you know, the, like, we're adults. Don't tell me when to, you know, let me be human. But in the, the second, third, and fourth one, because our admin bought a series of them, and they were truly horrible, and we, as the staff, let them know how horrible they were and how we hoped they never returned. Uh, but in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, millionth one, I think I took like a thousand bathroom breaks just to walk around the building to get out, to get out for a little bit. Um, pandemic Panto, Pandemic Panto, uh, my school bought VR headsets, which cost, <coughs> excuse me, thousands of dollars and they never get used. We can't even afford to print anything and we want to use, we have to use Chromebooks at all times to bring printing costs to zero. I know this so well. Because there's a Chromebook cart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a drink just for this story. It was a big gulp. There's a, or there's a MacBook cart, rather. A MacBook cart that is on our fourth floor in a soon-to-be makerspace that's been in the making, ironically, for like four years. Uh, construction's been halted. Not much has happened. Painting's been halted. And sometimes it happens. And nothing's been set up. We don't even have enough security to be able to have, you know, Uh, consistently every single day teachers on all four floors where there are classrooms Um, and so I had a project where iMovie was going to be required I don't know if I said this or not but I was basically asking hey can I just borrow these for one week and I'll I'll do what I have to do paperwork wise the kids I trust them and I'll you know have my eye on them and (laughs) what what, what do you want me to say Um, but uh I asked, can I, can I borrow these? They've been collecting dust quite literally for three or four years. They're going to be obsolete soon anyway. I just want to use them for iMovie. You can think of it as like a satellite space for the, the makers. But they said no. They have to be used for their 100% written down intended purpose. And so I couldn't use them. They would rather, they, they're, they're for a maker space. And rather than letting students, who they're intended for, rather than letting students make things with them in a, not exactly what it said, not the exact location in the building, but still in the building. Uh, they'd rather have them collect dust. So 
100% get that. If there are some virtual reality VR headsets not being used, hmm, man, that rings true um, for my experience. Um, all right, so there's another one uh, where someone mentioned, I accidentally in my screenshot cut off the, uh, oh no, I, I got it. <coughs> Sharp Cookie 232. Uh, the government loves spending money on tech. And the ultimate goal is digitizing education and cutting out unions, people, pensions. So a lot of funds are earmarked for tech and have to be spent that way. I get it. Um, which is so funny that you mentioned that. Because as we speak, I'm going to take another drink for this one. If anyone knows about the Skyline curriculum. Now, if you have an experience with the Skyline curriculum in Chicago Public Schools and you're having a good experience, I'm not trying to knock anyone who uses that. I'm going to point out that Skyline is this digital curriculum, which for us so far in a few weeks of playing around with it, because we did not adopt it, we have our own uh, very scaffolded, culturally responsive, and vast skill-based curriculum, which covers on a lot of awesome themes. Now, I will give credit to Skyline because a lot of the themes that we cover in our curriculum and all of our social studies um, uh, classes honestly align to some of like similar ideas or themes, which is great. Uh, That was actually very validating because more schools are moving to this model. And there was even an NPR article that pointed out this is like a $137 million project to create this. They paid so much money for this curriculum. But... It, it started as this idea of, well, we're trying to help with the pandemic loss and they frame it as, well, teachers are expected to, to make things on their own and consulting the internet and they don't have enough resources and we're trying to give them resources, but it's become corrupted into mandated curriculum, which is a problem because if you look at it for, so let's just take the U.S. history skyline curriculum, for example, there's no sourcing on the secondary sources. Most of the information is from a secondary source rather than a primary source. When there is a primary source from an actual person who was there at an event or related to the incident or whatever, um, it's about two or three lines long, which could be anywhere from one to three sentences total, meaning they're getting all their information essentially from a textbook, but it's not a textbook, it's a Chromebook on Safari Montage. And when I tell you the the whole teachers are indoctrinating like thing that people say, I get where they're coming from with this because with our curriculum that we have made over the years and perfected, and I've spent a lot of time on my own as well, uh, we we make sure that we show students both sides of any potential argument or controversy or topic or whatever to allow for free thinking and you know divergent thinking and. Uh, creativity and exploration and inquiry and all the things that you want to hear and see in a classroom. But these secondary sources or even the objectives that's in this Skyline curriculum based off like the two dozen that I was looking at all point to like one side of a political argument with very minimal to zero um, acknowledgement of the other side. So the indoctrination thing, I kind of get it. Now granted, some of the things where they aren't giving, you know, the other side of it or the contemporary or the uh, rather the classical version of how things used to be told. I understand not showing that. That I get. But it's kind of gone a little bit too far. 
So that's that's the you know that's a big overarching thing. The the biggest issue, while it is cool that students can like highlight stuff and it'll read it to you in a robot voice, which is very monotonous and boring. What I have a hard time with is that they're saying, well, we don't expect you to use this curriculum verbatim. We expect you to fill the gaps. I get that. That's how it should be. Uh, you're not just reading it like a script, unless some schools are saying use it like a script. But the problem is, if you have like non readers or if you have students who don't function well with digital materials, there's no way to print it that we've been able to find. And I'm talking like a computer science teacher looked at it for relatively tech savvy teachers, myself included, looked at it. My principal looked at it. We can't find a way to print the damn shit. Or if we want to modify stuff or even translate stuff, it's not easy to do because you can't copy and paste the text. So if you wanted to like modify it for your learners to help them meet them uh, where they're at, and understand grade level text, I get it. I'm not saying don't give them grade level text, but some of these things are like, you have to scroll like a thousand times. Like you ever look for like a something in your text message thread and you keep scrolling, you're like, I'm never gonna find it at this point. It's like that, except for <laughs> I'm never gonna read this. It's just too long for our students. So even finding a way to like scaffold it or or abridge it or you know find ways to give supports for other words that they might not know or vocab supports you are very reliant on just chromebooks if the wi-fi went out by the way you'd be screwed there's also just no way for diverse learners esl or uh an iep student anything like that there's no way to modify no way at all unless you sat there with whatever document or source or you know task, video, whatever, and you letter by letter typed it out yourself to then make any modifications. So the irony is that they're saying that this is a way to be, you know, not just culturally responsive, but they're trying to produce equity, which is so ironic because it's a digital curriculum and some schools like my own, we're not, we don't have a one-to-one ratio of Chromebooks to students or computers to students. A lot of classrooms do have, I mean, Chromebooks are great, but not every classroom has Chromebooks. And in my case, I have Chromebooks. I'm very lucky I have a class set uh, in a cart, but some of them are broken. (laughs) Because when the pandemic hit, they pulled from my cart first, and they didn't really hold kids accountable for treating them nicely. They didn't even like budget for like repairs and shit. So the, you you know who repaired shit? Nobody. Nobody. I have like, I still have Chromebooks with like, kids sharpie and like you know those foam letters that like people put stickers on it and they're like well we don't know which students vandalized the chrome but i know joey joe john wrote his name in foam st- stickers with like apparently gorilla glue because i can't get the shit off so just the iron the irony of we want this to be consistent across the school but they're not giving the resources across the school district to to make this happen in a north side school you could do this flawlessly i'm sure but anytime we've done anything that's been even a little bit on Chromebooks or digital or whatever, uh, it's been a disaster for our kids. Even the we have classes right now that don't have a, a full-time teacher and they have to do online work, obviously, because, you know, who else is going to, you know. Uh, every kid's failing, except for like a handful, because they're just refusing, boycotting to do it. Even with like retired teachers who have been permanent subs for a long time and know what they're doing and know how to support kids and do it very well. Even with them in the room, most kids are failing these classes. 
Our kids just don't do the, or have a hard time. I shouldn't say they don't do. They have a a hard time accessing digital work, especially if you want to assess a kid, because then you got to log into a Chromebook, then you log into Google Classroom, then you have to log into um, Skyline through Safari Montage. But then if you want to go to an assessment that's assigned in Safari Montage, then you have to click on the link to that, which brings you to Checkpoint, where you then have to log in again. It's like 18 times these kids have to log in, and sometimes logging in one time takes them 10 minutes. <laughs> so just the moving pieces, just an absolute mess. Now, I, I point all this out. There's a, a reason for this. I'm not just trying to pile it on because they're not technically forcing people. You can opt out. We opted out. But if you want to opt out in the future, meaning starting in fall of 2023 and moving forward, you have to go through a rigorous rubric process. So, and I looked at it, there's like 13 categories, each has like 12 bullet points, not really, but it's like, I do think there's actually like 13 categories and like five bullet points per category. So cheers to that. So we're probably gonna have to, during the summer on our own time, or if our admin is gonna be nice and pay us for this, not only do a deep dive of our curriculum, but we have to go through the paces and the, the hoops and all that stuff to prove that our curriculum, I think it's better to be honest with you, uh, but at least quote unquote up to par and rigorous, just like Skyline, which they're claiming is the best curriculum in the world. I swear to God, whoever got paid really got paid. Um, because it's, it's been indoctrinated into the minds of certain admin as well. Um, I'll admit though, I mean, there's some stuff where it's like, I looked through it, I truly did. Um, I didn't find much that seemed like it would benefit what I currently have much, but there were at least a handful of things where I was like, okay, I'll incorporate that idea. Or, you know, I kind of like, uh, I like that source. I'll have to type that out letter by letter <laughs> uh, and, and use that one so I can have it as a printout. Uh, there's some stuff that I did like, but it's more like I'd rather incorporate aspects of it than just fully adopt it blindly and add extra work just to make it work uh, for my kids. Because I've already spent six years, you know, doing all the hard work to, to make sure that my stuff is accessible to students. And I'd honestly argue that the stuff that uh, myself and, and Peter and Adam in my department do is more rigorous than what CPS has put forth. I would, I would confidently add that our stuff is more responsive to the, the needs of students. It's more culturally responsive as well to students. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to do what we can. We're going to point out that we are very much aligned to standards. Everything is standards-based. Uh, we focus more on skills as opposed to their assessments, which are more content-related assessments. Uh, with skill as a backdrop, we kind of do the opposite, where it's skill first, content as the backdrop. Uh, but we'll see. This summer might be interesting. I might have a lot of work to do. Uh, and there's a possibility that we do all this work and we submit all this paperwork to point out that our curriculum has been doing a great job over the past six years and it will continue to do so. And we promise that it's good and you can come on in whenever you want. And they might just say no because they just want to be difficult and have us do what they paid millions of dollars for, you know? We thought it was 134 million, but it was actually like 137 million. So think about how many, <laughs> how many other resources could have been purchased for like schools without a roof and shit like that. Um, I, I like that they are investing in curriculum. I don't like the way that they're going about uh, incorporating it. 
a resource is one thing, holding teachers accountable is another, but uh, all good things too. But mandating it is where I have concerns. So we'll see how that goes. If you teach in CPS, if you agree, disagree, aren't sure, if you want to know more uh, about Skyline, I'm obviously a, a novice at it. I've only looked through the stuff for social studies, so I cannot speak to math and science and, and all that stuff. Um, but I am a little bit worried. Uh, we've already been kind of looking at our, our curriculum map and stuff like that and unit assessments and uh, different tasks and deliverables and documents and stuff like that. We've already been doing this work in social studies every year, this year especially, but it just kind of was a coincidence that now it's like, oh, now we have to do this, but also prove ourselves. Um, so I have to take time to explain what I'm doing and why I'm doing or why I'm doing it and how I'm doing it rather than just rather than just going to do it, which will be a lot of fun. So uh, classroombrew at gmail.com if you want to reach out, tell me about your experience with it or if you have questions, anything like that. If you're in a different district, you have, if you have something that's uh, similar or whatever, implemented just as you know poorly or better or worse or whatever it is, uh, I'd love to hear about it. Again, you can also reach out. It's just at Classroom Brew on any social media like Instagram and Twitter and um, Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd love to know. A little nervous about it. Um, not because I, I guarantee you when they look at our stuff, they're going to say, this is great. But I'm a little bit nervous about like, are they actually going to look at it? Slash, I'm also a little bit worried about the process. Is it just going to be a pain in the ass for the sake of us giving up and then just laying down to it? I don't know, but I guess we'll see. But we're not going down without a fight. And again, we're going we're gonna to incorporate stuff. We have a lot of units that are already very much aligned, whether it's skill or, or content or both, um, usually both. And again, I would argue ours is better. So I don't know if, that, if it were me, I don't see an issue. I think they're going to look at it and go, oh, cool. Thanks for going through that formality. I'll go, no problem. Pay me for my time. Um, but again, the only concern is, are they just doing that to save face? And they're, they're just going to tell us, nope, you have to do what we want you to do. Uh, that's the big concern. And then, of course, how big of a headache will it be? So anyways, thanks for letting me uh, rant at the end right there with the Skyline stuff. <laughs> it's been on my mind for like the past two months, I swear. Um, especially as my student teacher winds down. Uh, I'm doing like any last, because the bucket of work shifts. You know, you're not as focused on your classroom uh, during instructional time because your student teacher's doing that. You're more for uh, support. So looking at curriculum assessment and all that stuff is really big right now for me. Um, but yeah, we're getting toward the end of his student teaching and uh, he's been doing great and can't wait to see how he rounds it out and uh, help him track his own growth and see the awesome stuff that he's doing. And uh, yeah, it'll be weird. I'll have like a month when I take back and then I'll, I'll jump back into my classroom and I'm sure the, the complaints will start immediately. Because <laughs> um, change is hard either way. They complained when it was me. They complained when I wasn't there anymore because they didn't like the change. And I'm sure once I get back, they'll complain that I'm back. So <laughs> you can't win. But hey, uh, thanks for listening. Spread the word. And uh, until next week, class dismissed.
This is Classroom Brew.